Welcome to What Do You Know About? My name is Ash, and I will be your tour guide through the lesser-known stories of history. You can join us on your favorite podcast app, or come have a conversation on our Instagram at WDKA Podcast. But first, hold on tight, because we're about to go down a historical rabbit hole with today's episode. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Long time no talk, my lovely loyal listeners. I'd like to give a hearty welcome to all of those who have joined us in the time that I've taken this hiatus, and a thank you to all of you who are returning. I know it's been a few months since I've last graced your car speakers or earbuds, but I am happy to report that What Do You Know About is back. We are going to be taking longer between each episode in order to keep my energy levels as balanced as possible so that I can bring you the best episodes and hopefully keep them as scheduled as possible. So probably about once or twice a month, keep a lookout on your favorite podcast platform for new interesting pieces of history from me, your lowly Canadian at-home research nerd who just loves to tell anyone willing to listen to these usually grim stories. And on that note, there's another piece of fun information about our return, as it isn't just myself who's back, but it's going to be double the trouble again on most episodes, as Kat is also back pretty much for good. (laughs) Ideally, hopefully, as long as nothing else goes wrong. <laughs> as long as you don't do any more moves or change more jobs or... Yeah, as long as I don't move across the province again, as long as, like, my actual, like, life stability kind of, like, continues to level out. Yeah, pretty much. No more major life changes for me for a while. <laughs> so we'll sometimes have do- like the double research episodes and sometimes we'll have solo episodes um so like today will be a solo research episode uh next week we're gonna have a double research episode so kind of doing kind of a mix of fun stuff yeah we'll keep you on your toes exactly um and then we also have some other fun news to share as we actually have our first affiliate as well Honestly, I am super excited to announce that we're working with the amazing Leah from Greenleaf Geek Dice. 
Leah is also Canadian based and I actually first found out about her when she started a Kickstarter for her Keyfish dice, which are based off of this one epic scene from the internet sensation Critical Role. She also did another Kickstarter, which my absolute favorite dice are from, which have the most adorable little kitties inside each die. You can pick between gold cats, black cats, and galaxy cats. Oh my gosh, I haven't seen those yet. I need that in my life. Right? Um, I have the gold cat, and I think I have one black cat die. I'm going to get the galaxy cat just to complete the set for us. <laughs> um, so all of her dice are honestly spectacular, and we actually encourage you guys to check out her website at greenleafgeek.com. And if you're just as amazed as we are, you can actually use our code, WDYK podcast that is WDYK a podcast at checkout to get 10% off your order uh, the holiday season is fast approaching so definitely check out Greenleaf De- Geek Dice for great gift ideas just don't forget to use our code or follow the link in our show notes for that 10% off and then Kat can also use her 10% off to get herself her galaxy cats <laughs> <laughs> all right so, as usual, here's your fair due warning for this episode. Sorry, it's a short warning, but it is a doozy, as this episode does touch upon a lot of death, especially the death of children, as well as some human stupidity. Luckily, there's not much more than that, and I'm not getting super in-depth on exactly how people died, but I'm pretty sure people can imagine it from seeing James Cameron's movie on the Titanic and all the fun stuff we've all read or watched on that particular disaster. I yeah sorry I kind of I, I kind of laughed a little bit I want to clarify I'm not laughing about children's death I'm laughing about human stupidity because it's just always yeah <laughs> um okay so for this first episode back I want to talk about a tragic historical accident that happened two years after one of my longtime favorite historical events which I know it's probably being... sad to say that this is a favorite historical <laughs> Your event. Favorite being the Titanic. <laughs> well, <laughs> since like... I was a kid, like the tragic sinking of the Titanic has always captured my interest. Like I cannot explain why. Listen, I I understand. I get it. As someone who is a murderino and uh, follows my favorite murder, I understand how phrases like that, like how they come across, and also what they actually mean. So, like, no judgment here, um, but for anybody listening to clarify, it's, like, when we say that, like, tra- our favorite tragic events, we're not talking about, like, celebrating that people died. Like, that's no. not the intent. It's just fascinating to learn all the things that led up to it and why it happened. And learning about these things is how humans have always gone about preventing, making sure that we know how to prevent it and keep it from happening again. So, like... That's what we mean when we talk about it in this respect. Well, I did put in my notes, I'm like, perhaps it's because, like, one of our major modes of transportation here in BC is, like, the BC Mm. ferry between the mainland and the island. So, like, my childhood anxiety maybe told me to research the Titanic extensively to figure out why the unsinkable ship could have sunk to ensure that the boat I was about to be on (laughs) couldn't have the same fate. (laughs) I totally, you know what, that makes a lot of sense. That makes so much sense. I totally get that. Even though only one BC ferry has ever sunk. That's also good to know. Go (laughs) BC ferry. Like, only one ferry has ever sunk from BC ferries. There's been a pile of, like, other incidents. 
Oh, totally. Of but course. like only one has actually sunk and only two people died on that one. Considering the number of ships, considering the number of ferries that are constantly going back and right? forth from the mainland to the island, like that's honestly like I'm I'm a little bit surprised that it's only one. I definitely would have expected it to be more. Right? Like and that they, sounds really bad. Uh, the but one like... is like only because of, like the guy wasn't navigating the ship when he was supposed to be he was is, having how is that always what happened? He was like, having a fight or having sex with his ex instead. <laughs> I think we need an episode on that. That sounds so dramatic. What? It's not like that dramatic because like nobody actually knows what happened and even the judge was like, I don't care what happened. The evidence exactly. shows that you were not actually navigating when you were supposed to be. And so that's the part that really guess matters. what? You're at fault. Oh it's your gosh. it's your fault that this happened. Can you imagine? <laughs> like, I don't care like, what you were actually doing, but you weren't doing your job. <laughs> yeah, like whatever personal drama is going on in your life, like you were supposed to be navigating a ship and keeping everybody from like crashing. Like yeah. that's like very you're... clearly your only job. <laughs> yeah. Oh my word! I can't. Like oh. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And we haven't even gotten into the shipwreck that you want to talk about yet. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like, I'm not talking about the Titanic though today, even though I could rattle off like 50 million facts about the Titanic. <laughs> Just off the top of my head, could tell you everything. And we're, and we're also, I, I realize the meme is a little bit dead now, but it's also still kind of recent news. We're not talking about, oh, actually, by the time this is posted, it's like even further removed. We're not talking about uh, the submersible that sunk Ooh. going after the Titanic. But here's a funny this thing. is a different one. Here's a funny fact that I did just learn, though. So, before, like years and years before the Titanic even sank, there was a like a book about an unsinkable ship called the Titan that sinks, yes. but hit by an iceberg. What... Then the Titanic sinks, and now we have this submersible called the Titan that freaking. <laughs> Oh my word! It's art. It's and art imitating like, life Jesus. and life imitating art in just like a constant loop. Like, uh. like who was stupid enough to freaking like name the submersible the Titan <laughs> after know. the ship that like the ship in the book that sank that then the Titanic sank and now you fucking. Oh, <laughs> uh, everything about that is just like. Listen, I'm not superstitious, but I like to say I am a little stitious. Like, it's just, there are things like that where it's just, like, you have, like, how does that not, even even if not, like, not going all the way to, like, jinxes and stuff like that, like, how would you not make the connection in your head about how this might be a bad idea? <laughs> like, how does that not trigger some level of self-awareness about what you're doing, about what you're trying to do? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But yeah, so today I'm telling everybody about the Canadian version of the Titanic. You say that like I'm supposed to know. <laughs> I yeah, I know. Um, but, so she's not as famous, even though her sinking pretty much rivals slash overtakes the Titanic in every single way. <laughs> Ooh, but isn't as famous. No, like barely anybody knows about her. Well, maybe we need James Cameron to make a movie about this one, too, and that'll fix that. That'd be great. Can we uh, get him to listen to this episode and take this over? James Cameron, if you're listening, I have a pitch for you, and I only want a 5% cut because that's all it'll need to set me for life. Exactly. All right. So this is the story of the RMS Empress of Ireland, who served her passengers for eight years before the fateful night in question. 
The RMS Empress of Ireland was built as one of a pair of ocean liners in a new lineup by the Canadian Pacific Railroad for operation as their new Canadian Pacific Steamship Line. Okay. I know. The first trigger is that it's run by the Pacific Railroad. And I'm thinking, like, wasn't the railroad, like, ambitious enough? You want to add, like, a whole steamship line to it as well? Like, there was, like... The Pacific Railroad was, like, a huge endeavor. Like, that's a railroad. For anyone who's not Canadian and therefore doesn't know our history because no one else cares, (laughs) um, the Pacific, like, the Canadian Pacific Railroad is a rail line that was built uh, early 1900s, I think. Early 1900s, late 1800s. Older than that. Older. Older than that. Older. Way older than that. I'm super off on that. Um, Built early stages of Canada, basically from one end of Canada to the other. The idea being that we would have like a mode of transportation that was reliable. Why is that the word I'm floundering on? Um, A reliable mode of transportation, like all the way across the country. And that's where a lot of our towns and settlements kind of actually developed around was like the stops along this railway station, right? So like it was a huge undertaking. A lot of people were exploited in the making of this railway. Like a lot, a lot, a lot of people were exploited in the making of this railway. And it has its own dark history. And it's like one of like real kind of one of the unfortunate foundations of Canada. Uh, Like, yeah, it's yeah, it's really like early foundational stuff. Yeah. Like, so yeah, that was like a huge undertaking. So for them to like try to branch off and do like steamships as well is just kind of like wow like yeah well this whole operation like started in the 1800s with the rail like with the actual railway as well when the cpr negotiated a steamship line that would run from vancouver to the far east aka south asia um so three ships were chartered by sir william cornelius van horn to begin the fleet, and it slowly expanded to add routes to Hong Kong, Japan, the Philippines, and Hawaii. All routes okay. stemming from Vancouver and Victoria. Like, this is what I mean. Like, they can't like, do anything in a small scale. Like, God, everything no. about, like, everything about the Pacific, like, the, the railway is, like, it's just everything is so grand scale, and everything is big, like, in every, in every way. It's, like... <laughs> Well, and, like, they kept expanding, um, but then mm-hmm. I was, like, to keep it like, to keep it going towards our pretty ship, um, in 1891, the CPR in Britain contracted a mail service that would run between Britain and Hong Kong via Canada. So three ships were contracted for this service in the Empress Liner Line, the RMS Empress of China, RMS Empress of India, and the RMS Empress of Japan. All three ships sailed regularly from 1891 to 1912 when the RMS Empress of China struck a reef and was subsequently scrapped after being towed to shore. The RMS Empress of India ended her service in 1914 and the RMS Empress of Japan ended her service in 1922. Okay. And then in 1903, the company took over a line known as the Beaver Line. Um, which ran civilian transport between Halifax, Nova Scotia, and the UK. Of course, it's called the Beaver Line. Okay. (laughs) Just the most Canadian name they could have named it. All right. (laughs) So this line of ships included the pair of vessels that were built in Scotland. 
the RMS Empress of Britain, and our subject of the day, the RMS Empress of Ireland. Both vessels could hold up to 1,530 passengers. 1,530 passengers, yeah. Okay. So this included 310 first class, 470 second class, 500 third class, and 250 steerage accommodations. Wow. All right. The majority of passengers on these ships were immigrants from Great Britain and Scandinavia. Okay. So while I'm actually focusing on the RMS Empress of Ireland, I do want to quickly pop in a couple of not-so-fun facts about the RMS Empress of Britain because it's just hilarious in the context of this whole story, okay? Okay, not so... Okay, yeah. (laughs) Okay, so two weeks after the sinking of the Titanic... Oh no, I see where this is going to go. The RMS Empress of Britain herself hits an iceberg in the same ice field. Literally, what was going on? What was going on with the navigators in that ice field? Like, why do I feel like there's so many... Like, the Titanic, like, wasn't even the only one. Like, why... Like, guys, guys, get better, please. Luckily, she did not receive any severe damage to her body and was able to continue her journey. Cool. So not only did they not learn from the tit- like our story today, not only did they not learn from the Titanic, but they also didn't learn from their own other ship. Well, hang on. Also hit so a like, few months later, oh in God. the St. Lawrence River, keep this in your memory, though, the RMS Empress of, Empress of Britain rammed into another ship and caused it to sink. What was with those navigators? Like, what is going on? I couldn't find much about, like, the actual, like, accident, so I don't have much information, like, on the casualties of this incident, but it's something to note for later. And this is not her first casualty, because she was then used in the First World War and sank at least two ships, a German and a French ship. Was that one at least intentional, or did they just the like, German not one would have been intentional? Into those as well, like, I think and... that the German one would have been intentional because that's the okay. enemy. But the French ship, I'm like, that's an ally ship. So I'm wondering if that one was not intentional. Did they all have broken compasses or something? Like, what is going on? Oh man. Um. So later in her life, she was renamed the Mont Royal, and she ended her service in 1930. So she was scrapped, and some of her parts are still viewable in the Sola Strand Hotel's Mont Royal Lounge in Norway, because she was used to build the fireplace as well as part of the ceiling and the window decor. That sounds like an interesting hotel. You're also going to want to to remember that fact. (laughs) Okay, so to remember that fact as well. So remember the St. Lawrence River and Norway with the (laughs) RMS Empress, okay? Yep. Uh-huh. Navigational systems. Just top-tier stuff back in the day. Alright, but back to the RMS Empress of Ireland. So, being built in 1905-1906, um, she was an older ship, yet she still had like the right safety features of the time. So she had mm-hmm. the 10 watertight bulkheads with 24 watertight doors that could close at a moment's notice. Pretty much. Okay. So, her watertight doors though because she was built in 1905-1906 they had to be manually closed 
the Titanic's okay. watertight doors, they did have a button that they could press and the t- watertight doors could be shut automatically that way because okay. it was built pretty much in like 1911, 1912 before it was set sail because Titanic maiden voyage, yeah. she had eight years under her belt. Yeah, gotcha. Um, after the sinking of the Titanic in April of 1912, all passenger ships were given strict orders to undergo renovations to ensure new safety measures were put in place. Um, okay. Empress of Ireland complied and was up to standards. So she couldn't make any changes to, like, the watertight doors or anything. Her tar- her watertight doors were, were pretty much as up to standards as they could be. She just couldn't make the changes to make it, like, electronically... With yeah. the switches Controlled. and stuff, right? Um, yeah, but lifeboat-wise, she made the correct changes, updating from the 12 wooden lifeboats to 16 steel lifeboats and 26 wooden collapsible lifeboats. Okay, so that's like a decent amount of lifeboats. How many people could each one So hold? in all, she had lifeboat room for 1,686 people, 280 more than she was technically allowed to carry on board. So, she had lots and lots of room on her lifeboats. So, okay, so there should be no casualties for this, for the ship sinking. Yeah. (laughs) The face you're giving me says (laughs) that I'm very wrong. (laughs) There should be no casualties, correct? There should be no casualties. There's no, like, uh, with that fact alone... With that fact alone, like, you you could... You, know, you could say you could just say random people who are in the water as you're as you're as you're paddling away. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like there's okay. So she's up to date. The ship, right? She's up to date. She's meeting regulation standards. Yep. She has enough lifeboats. It's not even a question about whether or not they have a life, enough lifeboats. Oh yeah, no. She like, has enough lifeboats. Oh yeah, for sure. For every single person on that ship, stowaways or no. Yeah. Like. They're, they're, like, presuming that they have, like, an adequate safety plan about, like, evacuating everybody into said lifeboats in order to do that quickly and efficiently for that many people. That's going to be difficult kind of no matter what you do. But, like, as long as they have, like, a solid safety plan, there is no reason for anybody to to die barring some, like, you know, beams falling from the walls or, like, yeah. the ceilings and crushing much. people or stuff like that. Like, everyone should have a chance to escape. Exactly. So what is about to go really, really wrong? (laughs) So, as I said earlier, she had eight years of safe travels under her belt. (laughs) Ah, so she should know better. Okay, So before the tragic accident in question, she had carried 119,262 people to Canada and 67,838 people to the UK. Okay. So she's done very well. Some of the passengers that she had carried before included Mr. Marconi, the inventor of the Marconi radio, which was actually installed on board the ship itself, um, as well as the founder of the Boy Scouts, Mr. Robert Baden-Powell. The Boy Scouts has its own very interesting history, which would be a whole other episode, (laughs) but like, all right. Yeah. Okay. So this last trip of hers uh, started on May 28th, 1914, with her departure from Quebec City at 16.30 or 4.30 Eastern Time. Okay. So PM in the afternoon. Just lovely evening 
like late evening. You're gonna have a nice sunset as you're departing Quebec City. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. was heading Gorgeous to right. She was heading towards Liverpool with 1,057 passengers and 420 crew members, so about two thirds of her total capacity. There were okay. only 87 first class passengers who had booked in, um, but that doesn't mean that there like weren't any important people on board. Which was actually like a theory that I had for like why this tragedy wasn't as talked about as the Titanic. Mm. Um, but when I looked at like the actual list of passengers, there's some pretty interesting people on board. Um, one of them that actually really intrigued me um, is that Lawrence Irving and his wife Mabel Hackney were on board. No, nothing. Um, <laughs> no. Wait, hang on. Are names names him? are not my friend. Anyone who's interested in early British stage work would recognize the last name. As Lawrence is the son of Sir Henry Irving, who was a famous um, stage actor in Victorian England. Oh. I think we talked about him in the in like one of our I think our Brom Stoker, like when we talked about Mary Shelley oh, and okay. Brom Stoker. I think he was in that episode. I think so. I, I think we talked my, about him in there. Okay, being so, a stage actor, I would have guessed that he would have been in the Macbeth episode. With the cursed plays and the cursed movie. No, because I think he was friends but... with um, Bram Stoker. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he probably would have. Because I think Bram oh, was working okay. for Henry Irving, if I remember correctly. For Henry Irving, not yeah. Lawrence. Yeah, right, Lawrence no. is his son, okay. and like, so they weren't like as famous as Henry yet. Gotcha. Okay. Right, like they were working their way up to becoming that famous. So they they were over here doing a um, not a road trip, but like a. Like, they're doing, like, a theater, like, like a theater show tour. trip. Yeah, tour, right? Yeah. Um, other famous first-class passengers included Sir Henry Seton Carr, who was a former member of the British House of Commons. He was returning home mm-hmm. from a hunting trip with his hunting prizes. Okay. Um, his prized moose head was found in the 1980s um, after the sinking. Moose head. Okay. Yeah, right. That would be gross to find, I think, after. <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel like it would have been particularly priced at that. Well, actually, maybe even more so. I don't even know. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Um, I was going to say, like, given the condition that it's in, I don't think it would be, like, particularly, like, prized at that point. But given the circumstance, maybe. Uh, yeah. And then a famous okay. Canadian of the time who was on board was Henry Lyman, who was the head of the largest pharmaceutical company in Canada of the time, along with his new wife, Florence, on their belated honeymoon, which was two years after their wedding. Aww. Because they just couldn't find the time. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. We had our honeymoon one year after our wedding, so, like, I understand. Circumstances yeah. happen. They may have wanted to, I don't know, wait a little longer before yeah, their they probably, honeymoon. They, yeah, that's a little unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, Second class was only booked just over halfway with 253 passengers. Many of them, 170, were Salvation Army members and their families on their way to London for the 3rd International Salvation Army Congress. The most full was the third class accommodations with 717 passengers. They were a mix between Canadian and U.S. immigrants who were either heading back to the U.K. to visit relatives or to resettle in their homeland. Okay. 138 of all of the passengers were children. 138. Okay, so there's like 700, 700, what was the total passenger number again? 
1,000 of passenger passengers, 1,057. 1,057? Yeah. And you said 138 were children? Yeah. Okay, 138. So like 10% of the... Okay. Uh, The captain, Henry George Kendall, had just been promoted to being captain of the vessel, and this was his first full trip in command. Oh, no. Okay. So, That's a really rough first trip, buddy. Yeah. By the early morning hours of the next day, the RMS Empress of Ireland started to sail into the St. Lawrence River when they spotted the lights of the SS Storstad, a coal cargo ship from Norway, several miles away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Oh, so boy. already okay. we're coming back to our friend, the uh, the RMS Empress of Britain. Yeah, yeah, which both of those things did not, um, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. At the time, the weather was clear, uh, but mm. soon fog hit and both ships had their vision obscured. Both ships had been using their lights to communicate with each other and switched over to fog horns when the conditions changed. Okay. At about 1.56 a.m., the SS Storstad suddenly collides with the RMS Empress of Ireland on her starboard side around mid-ship. So they'd been communicating. Yes. They were aware of each other's presence. Yes. And they still somehow collided? Yes. How did, how did the, they're communicating through foghorns, like how? Well, first they were communicating with their lights as to, hey, yeah. I'm here. Hey, I'm right I'm here. here. And then they're doing with their foghorns to say, this is my location. <laughs> yeah, sure. So, like, how, how. Don't come do you, too close to you, me. <laughs> how do you forget that there's a ship there? Like, how did they, like, uh, well. How did they not. So, I don't go too much into detail about, like. The he said, she said, basically, of it all. They point because, fingers at each sorry, other and they blame each other for Basically, it. because the captain of the store said, was like, oh, we were port to port. And the captain of the RMS Empress is like, uh, no, we were starboard to starboard. In which I'm like, oh my god. Store said guy, um, you hit them on the starboard side. You were clearly starboard to starboard. <laughs> yeah, one of these is clearly like demonstrably correct. Like I just oh <laughs> like you clearly are lying. <laughs> okay, so it wasn't it wasn't the fault of the Empress in this case then. Pretty much, yeah. And it was As far as we yeah. can determine. As, yeah, evidence. and like even like okay. with the like with the investigation afterwards. Um, it was clear that the Empress was not at fault, basically, that the Storstead okay. was deemed pretty much at fault, that the Empress made some mistakes, but that the Storstead was, like, the major at fault of it all. Yeah, yeah, they're the ones who T-boned the other ship. Yeah. I get you. Yeah. Okay, so the Storstead stays afloat, but the Empress is extremely damaged. Captain Kendall immediately gets on his megaphone, and shouts at the Storstead to keep her engines at full power so that their ship can keep the hole plugged. Which makes sense. Okay. Like, I, yeah, just okay. keep I this freaking plugged. Like, you keep your ship here. Don't keep let any water in. Yeah. So we can, anyone... like, do our shit. <laughs> exactly. So just buy them a little bit of time so that they can get into the the plenty of uh, lifeboats that are waiting for them that they just need to get into. Yeah. However, the currents of the river have a different plan. Oh, no. 
So the Empress continues in her forward motion, and the Storstad uh-huh. is pushed away from the larger passenger ship about five seconds later. Oh my gosh. This retreat from the damage allows 270,000 liters of water per second to begin flooding into the passenger ship. No, 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 no. Okay. And, and they have doors that they can shut, but they have to manually run around and shut them. And five seconds is not enough time to. Yeah, there do was all that. no time to do anything with the watertight doors. With the amount of damage that there was, you couldn't. They, they, the watertight doors were doing nothing. Mm, oh no. Anyways, okay. like even trying to shut Regardless. them, nothing like that wasn't going to do anything. Most okay. of the passengers and crew on the lower levels drowned almost instantly as water flooded straight in and the ship started to tip towards the damaged side. Those who were accommodated in the upper decks were woken up by the crash and immediately rushed to the lifeboats. Okay. However, due to the tilt of the life of the boat, any lifeboats on the port side could not be deployed. Oh no. Okay. Those that were attempted ended up crashing into the side of the ship dumping the passengers on board directly into the freezing waters. No. Okay. Five starboard lifeboats launched successfully, but a sixth capsized while being lowered. Five. Five (laughs) lifeboats could be launched successfully. Out of all those lifeboats, five. Oh, man. Okay. Gravy. Are you ready for this timing? (laughs) yeah five to six minutes after the initial collision all power was lost to the empress that makes sense 10 to 11 minutes after collision is when she fully went over onto her starboard side allowing any currently surviving crew and passengers to try to climb through the portholes onto her port side where she sat bobbing for a few moments seemingly stable at around 2 10 a.m her bow suddenly popped up for a brief second, and she fully sank, throwing hundreds of people into the freezing waters. Ugh. And the whole thing took 15 minutes. 15 minutes? That's so fast. That's... Oh, wow. Okay. So, okay, but, like, if... If the other ship hadn't pulled away so soon... It would have potentially bought them enough time to, like, actually get people out and close the doors and, like, Maybe? not necessarily. Maybe. Okay. I don't know how much time it would have bought. But I mean, maybe, like, maybe, like, if another, like, ten minutes. I mean, no matter what, though, mm. the Empress was going to keep moving that forward motion because it was going to take them time to be able to turn off the ship. Turn off the engines, yeah. To turn off the engines and for the Empress then to, uh, with the currents, to slow down enough, right? So they would have to have somehow, with the Storstad, kept that ship in that right position. Like, no matter right. what, it was maybe going to only be, like, another, like, a minute or so tops of them being able to, Not like, a... plug that hole. Yeah. That the water Not was going to come time. rushing in very quickly, no matter what. That there wasn't going to be a lot of extra time. Mm. Gravy. Like, like of all the safety protocols that they had in place, the renovations that they had just done, like all the lifeboats, like all everything, everything, and like even still, like bad communication. 
was still enough to, like, take out this many people. Like, that's so wild. All right. So, of the 1,477 people total on board, Mm -hmm. so taking the passengers, adding on the crew, Mm -hmm. 1,012 lost their lives on the morning of May 29th, 1914. I mean, when you said light, five lifeboats, like, that's what I expected, but, like, oh, God, like, that's still so many. I grief. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm like, I could easily go into detail as to, like, why the ship sank. Full outcome of the inquiry into the tragedy, because I did find, like, the whole inquiry and was going through it. Out of curiosity. Um, and, like, all of, like, why we don't talk about this tragedy the same way as we do about the Titanic. But, like, I kind of wanted to, like, focus a little bit on, like, the people who were on board this ship. Mm-hmm. So, in the show notes, I will have links to, like, the full inquiry um, with all, like, the info and, like, the possibilities of blame and stuff, like, like that came out in that full inquiry. Just so that people, if you guys have... If y'all are curious. Yeah, if you're all curious, I'm also going to also have a couple of links for, like, passenger lists and, like, all the bios and stuff like that because people have written in to different websites with uh, stories about all about people who they knew who were on, like, family members and stuff who were on the ship and various things. That it's super interesting. I'm not going through everybody because, as I said, that's a lot of people. Um, I'm just yeah. taking, like, a few different ones that I was that I found, like, super interesting to me um, mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Some um, that you were particularly touched by. Yeah. Um, and just ones that I'm, like... I think these islands almost have, like, the most impact for this medium, right? Um, But, like, there's so many that I was just, yeah, like, super touched by that I'm like, I can't fit everybody in. (laughs) Yeah, I guess you. So definitely go check the show notes um, and check out the bios of all the other people who lost their lives in this accident because that sounds, like, yeah, that that sounds really cool that people banded together to put all those out there. For people to learn about these people. Exactly. Alright, so, let's start really sad. Remember how I said earlier that there were 138 children on this ship? Yes. So, the stat that hurt me the most is that only four of those 138 children survived. Oh my gosh. Four. We're yeah. like, oh. That... That almost makes me, like, curious about, like, because you said the people in the lower decks, like, obviously, you know, were the ones that were first hit with the water as it was, like, rushing into the ship. That almost makes me wonder, like, how they had decided about who was staying where if, like, families were in the lower decks or something like that, that only four escaped. I will be talking about some of those. So to compare the Empress to the Titanic... 128 children were on board the Titanic. Yeah. 67 of those children were saved. Okay, so they really focused on getting the kids out first. Yeah. Well, so the Titanic had just over two hours to save their passengers. The Empress only had minutes. But there's one huge difference. The Titanic was alone in the waters with all the other ships further away, not listening to the communications. The SS okay. Storstad was right fucking there. And they just didn't help? Wait, I thought... 
There was another ship right fucking there. They, they weren't that far because they were helping get passengers off. The Empress's sur- surgeon barely survived, yeah. got on the ship, and was helping with other with passengers. Oh my gosh. And stuff they like were, that. Okay. See, I. The St. Lawrence River is not that fucking big. It's not an ocean. I kind of. Oh my gosh. See, I kind of forgot about, like, the other ship. I kind of just assumed that they were dealing with the damage of their own ship. and that, Their like, ship was not that they, damaged. They were floating they, okay. Like, they. So they were. Like, they, they were had helping, damage, but, but it, like, like, they weren't at risk of sinking. Okay. But, like. Oh my gosh. So, like, they kind of could have, like, immediately started, like, pulling down ropes and, like, trying to help save people, pretty much, right? Like, and, like, pulling people, like, and stuff, right? Where I'm like... And they just didn't? I don't know. I don't know how much they were doing. I'm like, because I'm like, of course, like, in the inquiry, they're trying to make themselves out to be like, we were doing great! (laughs) Absolutely, he said she's like, situation, because it's not like either side, like... (laughs) wants to take complete responsibility for this but also the ship that crashed into them was also the one that said that they were port to port and not starboard to starboard so like yeah i can't there's already other information that they're that they're either like not being honest about or that they were just dead wrong about which kind of makes me mm, it makes me a little suspicious of them yeah i'm not guy of just like them just being kind of neglectful like not like intentionally malicious trying to get anybody hurt but like just being neglectful and just like not taking responsibility for like, it. Like in know? my head, I can just see them like looking over and be like, "Hey, you okay down there?" As people are like treading yeah, in this freezing water, right? like oh, oh, or just like not, or like throwing yeah, just, like the like not cluing in or, like, how just, like, serious throwing, it was like, in the, the moment life, or something. Like those like um, inflatable rings and just throwing them out, but throwing them too far away by accident, ah. <laughs> ah, <laughs> kind of a thing, like. <laughs> Listen, like they would have had lifeboats. Uh, they could have put their lifeboats down for people to climb into. I don't know if they did or not. Like actually did or uh, not. Like that's true because they would have had that too. Oh, see, I I really want to believe the best in people. I really want to believe that everybody on that ship like was doing their best and had all the best intentions. But like, just the way that everything that you've said so far comes across it certainly comes across like the other ship was just either particularly oblivious or neglectful and just like could have yeah it just it it, it feels from the information we have here yeah. like they could have done so much more to help so many more people survive yeah. i'm like i get that like kids probably wouldn't be able to survive in the freezing waters as long as an adult no, no the shock would kick in so like, much the shock faster. would kick in so much worse but i'm like there was a fucking boat right there. Could they have done more? Could more kids have survived? Like, if more had been done by another boat or whatever, right? Like, that I'm just like... Yeah. Or even more adults or what... Or, like, whatever. Like... I mean, this is kind of... This is kind of the unanswerable question, right? Yeah. Like, that I'm just like, there was another boat right there and this many people died. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. That is a technically worse (sighs) accident than, like, worse death toll than the Titanic. Yeah. And another boat was actually right there. <laughs> like, literally right there. Like, oh. Yeah. Oh. Uh, but yeah. So, one of these young lives that was lost was Miss Dorothy Brooks, or Dolly. She okay. was on board with her dad, Frank Percy, and her mom, Henrietta Westwood. The family had immigrated to Toronto in 1905, just after Dolly was born. They were on their way to England as Frank was in the Salvation Army Canadian Staff Band and they were really excited to get to see family while over there for the Congress. So Frank was staying in the second class accommodations with his bandmate George Felstead while both the families were in third class accommodations together as per what like the Salvation Army could pay for. Okay. Because they could pay for like second class for the actual Salvation Army members um, mm-hmm. and their band, but then they could help like, help either pay for or help pay for third class accommodations for like the family who could who were coming along. Okay, yeah, fair enough. 
Um, during the tragedy, Frank tried desperately to find his family, but had oh. to finally jump overboard to save himself as the ship started to sink. Oh, honey, I can't imagine. Henrietta held on to Dolly's hand as long as she possibly could until they both ended up in the water. She was mm-hmm. rescued and reunited with Frank. Nine-year-old Dolly was never found. Oh, sweetheart. Like, so, okay, so dad tries to find them, can't, realizes he has to jump into the water to save himself, does, survives. Mom is with child. Yeah. They jump into the water together. They, well, they're holding hands until they both, like, like, until they end up in the water together. They don't, it doesn't necessarily mean that they jumped, but that they, but, like, that they were holding hands, like, holding on until they were, like, swept into the water, at least. Okay, but there's only, like, four kids that survived. Yeah. And she wasn't among them. She was not among those four kids, Dolly. So it's pretty clear. Okay. Ugh. Like, but both of her parents survived. That's so awful. Like, which I'm like, those so parents, awful. like, especially oh, Frank, survivors, probably, survivors go like, for life, like, for sure. Was like, I, like, I didn't have to go. <laughs> like, yeah. it's like, if we knew this was going to happen, we wouldn't have gone on this, like, what was supposed to be a family trip for, like, dad's work, right? Like, yeah. off. Well, and, like, the Salvation Army's not really work. It's volunteer basically right well it's a charity organization but there's people who like work for it though the staff band is a volunteer oh that is a volunteer position okay so then like especially then it's like you're trying to do a good thing for the community yeah and then this happens like like the survivor's guilt like you you never get over that like that's oof yeah Another one of the young children who did die was little infant Willie Leakes. Willie had lost his mother earlier in the year when she died in Ontario, and he was being taken by the Burroughs family over to England to his grandparents. Okay. He had a father who was a cotton cloth finisher and two much older sisters who it seems were in back in England. His, okay. I think his father was still in Ontario, um, but his sisters were in England. So was this kid traveling alone then? Well, he, the kid was traveling with the Burroughs family, who right, were right, apparently right. neighbors of Little Willie's father, but not much is known about like his family life other than the fact that the Burroughs family was taking him on this trip. Okay. To so see like his grandparents. Away from yeah. Child um, needs to be raised by the grandparents because mom's passed. Okay. Well, his, yeah, so his dad, I guess, was like, hey, I can't take care of him mm-hmm. and be working. Like, I'm yes. not able to raise a child, so I need to send yeah. him to his grandparents in a, back in which, England. Totally, which totally fair, totally valid. There's there's no way you could guess that it would turn out like this. Yeah. Um. So his body was identified by the Canadian Pacific Railway. Mm-hmm. And only one of the four members of the Burroughs family who were taking with, like, who were taking him over to England survived the sinking. Oh, man. So, like, of the entire rest of the family. Okay, so being the lone survivor, your entire family is gone. And not only that, but your neighbor's kid. Yeah. Who you were were in charge with. for? Who you were in charge, like, entrusted with. Yeah. To, like, get them to their, like, new home in England. Like, ugh. Like... Like, that poor man, like, losing his wife yeah, and then, and then his, his son. 
Good grief, yeah. After being like, okay, I can't take care of him, probably, like, probably, like, we're just speculating, but probably yeah. being like, I can't take care of this kid, so I'm going to have to send him to his grandparents. Yeah, exactly. Like, And I'm going to have to entrust, like, the neighbors, I can't take time off work, probably, because you got to make ends meet in this time. Well, that's exactly it, and you think that you're doing, like like you're you're trying to do the best that you can by your kid like that's yeah. that's what it you know all boils down to is that you're like you're trying your absolute best to do like everything right by them and so you think that this is like the best and safest solution and then something like completely unforeseeable like this happens and like ugh. so like i just yeah anyone anyone with kids on this ship anyone who like new kids on this ship or like was with kids on the ship who ended up surviving like i can't imagine the grief like just the overwhelming grief and there were so many of them like yeah so while um dolly and willie were just two of the 134 children who tragically passed the bandmaster's seven-year-old daughter was one of the four lucky ones to be saved okay So, Grace Hannigan recounted her tale as she was on the train later that same month. She ran with her parents, all dressed in their night clothes, to the top of the ship. Mm. And all three of them were almost immediately thrown into the water. Oof. She never saw either of her parents again as she sank deep into the water before coming back up to grab a hold of a piece of wood. She spotted a lifeboat and called out for help before being dragged on board. She then later saw, like, another woman holding onto a piece of wood and never saw that lady again. Mm. She was the last survivor of the Empress of Ireland, passing away in 1995. She was raised by her her uncle and every year would go place a wreath on the Empress of Ireland cenotaph in the Mount Pleasant Cemetery. That's really lovely. Yeah. It's like, that's really, like, that's so tragic, but it's, yeah, it's good to have, like, little ceremonies like that. Right? But, it's like, that would be so scary, like, just to be yeeted off of the ship. <laughs> yeah. Thrown from the ship into the icy water, you immediately, like, and you're going, like, like, deep down into the icy water. Yeah. And probably thinking, like, okay, parents. I'm about to die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, immediately lose your parents. Yeah. Come back up, see someone else, they disappear, you're alone. Like, that's a lot for a little kid to go through. Yeah. That's a lot for anyone to go through, but, like, you know, especially a child. Right? Man. If I was her, I'd never go on a boat again in a day in my life. Like, there's, like, there's no way. You can pay me a million dollars to get on a boat after an experience like that. No. I would be just like, nope. Just absolutely not. I am landlocked now. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not traveling anywhere. I'm just here. <laughs> yeah, I'm just uh, done with life. Like, I'm just going to be like, right here. Thank you. But I think it's... I am hiding out in my house and never leaving. Oh, man. I think it's just so sweet, though, that, like, every year she went and put a wreath and, like, remembered everybody. Yeah. Like, I bet yeah. you she was probably, like, friends with um Dolly, like... Probably like when like because mm-hmm. like her dad was the bandmaster, so probably the kids would all go play while the like her like her dad ran mm-hmm. the band practice and stuff, right? Like yeah, but I mean, and like she was probably lucky because she was probably on that second like in that second class, right? So she would have had that little bit higher, mm-hmm. a um, better chance of yeah, getting away, like a better chance of yeah. right, like 
Yeah, I get you. Yeah. No, I I hope that that yearly ceremony for her was a really healing experience because like, yeah, I just, I can't, I can't imagine growing up knowing that that's what you've been through. Like, yeah. Yeah. All right. Wow. So let's mm-hmm. kind of take a look at some of the older victims that I noticed had some interesting lives before their unfortunate deaths. Mm-hmm. So the first one is Miss Alma Asafrey. So for those of you guys who are interested in stats, um, only 41 of the 310 women on board survived. Once 41 again, of 310. Yeah. These ratios are awful. Like, so they're just... once again, though, like, I mean, like on the Titanic, right? Like women and children first. <laughs> so yeah, more women, like, more children survived because they were like, we have time. We can actually like segregate everybody and <laughs> we have we have time for choose. discrimination on this ship. Like, <laughs> like let's pick and God. choose who gets to be saved. Oh my God. Um so, this ship is so like rough. everybody so is like what should have ever been a choice. Okay. This ship is like nature um, takes its um pick. And yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, this is just a complete free for all from the sounds of things. It's like everything, all the all the security features are like out the window. Like it's just like die, like survivor yeah. die. Like that's it. Like yeah. oh man, oh man. So Miss Azafrey, of course, as I said, is not one of these women that could survive. Um, but she's got a very interesting um, life. So, Mm -hmm. she was born in 1888, one of my favorite years. Um, (laughs) Is it because it's the same forwards and backwards? No. Nope, 1881. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. No, that's so dumb. Wait, you said 1888. Yeah, that's Jack the Ripper's year. Oh, my gosh. I thought you said 1881. (laughs) No, 1888. 1888, Jack the Ripper. Yeah, that makes sense. But she was born in Glasgow, Scotland, so she was not born anywhere near Jack. Um, <laughs> I feel so dumb now. Like I was just like, I was still focused on like the last thing that you had said. To be honest, um, so she was born in Glasgow, Scotland, where her father started mm-hmm. Scotland's first chocolate factory and owned many well-known candy stores and tea rooms. Willy Wonka, basically, like you, Scotland's Willy Wonka. <laughs> Um, So she herself was a talented artist who studied at the renowned School of Art in Glasgow. Cool. Where she became engaged with her teacher, Alexander J. Musgrove, in 1913. Okay. Low-key problematic, but you do you. Live your life, I guess. So Musgrove, who was age 31, had just been chosen to be the principal at a new school of art in Winnipeg which he started at during the summer of 1913. Alma, at age 26, joined him there in in late April or early May of 1914. Okay. So basically she joined him, like, just before this whole Mm -hmm. thing. And then for unknown reasons, she decided to head back to England with the fateful voyage of the Empress of Ireland. And Musgrove had to go identify his fiancé's body. Oof. Oof, yeah. Oof, yeah. that's rough. Um, so she is buried Probably in going a back cemetery. for a vacation or something. Well, for a vacation or, like, or I don't know. Like, we, no, like, there's no record as to why we she went back so quickly. Okay. Right? Like, it's very quick that she, like, within, like, a month. Okay, okay. Maybe going like to Winnipeg up. that she's going back. So 
maybe like they had a maybe they had a fight and they broke up but then he like ended up being like, maybe he was like the last point of contact that they had for her so mm. he's the one I had mean, to go I identify or see... an illness or something in the family maybe going back to tie up loose ends with the move or something like maybe. who knows yeah there's all kinds of reasons so she's buried in a cemetery in glasgow okay um and then close the to like move... where the rest of her family would be yeah okay um, so then the last passenger that I wanted to touch on is Mrs. Susanna Grafton. Mm-hmm. So she was 78 years old at the time of the Empress sinking, and she had traveled mm-hmm. in second class. Okay. Born in London, um, she actually immigrated to Bowen Island just off the coast of BC with her four children at the age of 50 after her husband passed away. Um, and okay. her family was actually considered to be one of the early pioneers of Bowen Island, where they farmed, logged, and fished. While Susanna was known to be a kind, neighborly woman and a great member of the Salvation Army. Which I found was like, really interesting. I'm like, hey, cool, like, you're, like, a pioneer of, like, an island, like, really close to me. Like, that is yeah. super kind of cool, like, <laughs> of, like, a piece of history from me. Yeah. It's like one of the, one of the founders of our, yeah. Um, of our local area. Huh. Yeah. So she was actually well, headed back to England yeah. to visit her sister for the first time in 30 years when she died alongside wow. the other passengers of the Empress. Oh, no. For the first time in 30 years. Like, what are the chances of that? That's, oh, that's rough. I was like, oh, no. Like, honey. I'm like, I feel so yeah. bad like for your sister. Like, I was like, oh, my God. Like, she was on her way to see me. <laughs> Yeah, for the like, first time in thirty like, years, and she's now passed away. Like, mm-hmm. like yes, she like, lived a long, good, long life at least. But yeah. it just reminds me of how like my my closest sister lives a few hours away, and even still, like every time I leave her place, I text her as soon as I get home to let her know I'm home safe. Like yeah. with that kind of relationship, like I, I can't imagine like expecting your sister to come see you and then she just doesn't show up like oh just everything about that situation is just so awful yeah so i'm gonna skip over like talking about like a lot of like the men in depth because mm. i'm like they got to pretty much survive a lot more than the women did yeah significantly yeah yeah a higher ratio of the men sounds like um but i do okay. want to talk about two of the crew members of this vessel because i found a Mm. Uh, one that was like, dude, you should not have been on this ship. Oh no. <laughs> um, cause you may have been the reason. Um, and another what? one that I'm like, dude, you have my heart and I want your you story your to best. be told. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, so I'm going to start with the one that I'm like, you may have been the reason. <laughs> oh no. Because one crew member named William Clark had his fair share of horrific tragedy on sea. Um, oh, you mean you mean he might have been the reason as in he was a jinx kind of yep. thing was the reason? Or like yep. he messed up, he was a reason? No, because he might have been a freaking jinx. He could have been c- fucking cursed. Oh, no. Because two years earlier, he survived the sinking of the Titanic. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so he survives the Titanic. I as mean, a crew his member. his job is to be... Like, a sailor. So, like, what else are you going to do but, like, get to work on another ship? And then he gets on the freaking Empress, which is pretty much, like, a worse (laughs) incident. Like, just as bad (laughs) slash worse. As I'm like, dude, 
stop sailing on ships. Like, you now be on two massive fucking nautical disasters. Just give it up. (laughs) He was on both. Okay, did he survive the Empress, though? Yes. Like... Okay, and then he stopped sailing after that. I'm, he better have. <laughs> I would have cut my losses. I would have been like, no, that's two now. Like, we're just, mm-mm, mm-mm. The Poseidon does not like me. I'm going to stay home. <laughs> like, he fucking better oh. have. Because I'm like, dude, that is two, that is like one too many giant disasters for you to be on. Like, I can't imagine the struggle of all the people who worked on the Titanic and then like had to go, like, it's their career. Like, you know, well, how many transferable I'm like, dude, skills are they? Dude, women and children first. Yes, yeah, shouldn't well, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you're thinking, like, he should, he's had experience with this before. He should know who to save first. Well, and, like, and, like, technically, and he could have been one of those people who snuck onto a lifeboat with the Titanic. Uh, so, like, you're thinking he technically could, may not have... He may not have survived honorably. But also the Titanic wasn't filling their lifeboats too. That was part of the problem. Still. They they could have fit more people on those lifeboats. Still. Still. He may not have survived the Titanic honorably is what I'm saying here. No, but I don't blame the people who did I know, but still. You know what I mean? If I'm I'm literally in freezing cold ice water in the middle of the ocean, crew member or not, crew member or not, if I'm seeing a lifeboat that's like half empty right beside me, I'm climbing it. Cat, like, he worked as a stoker and a fireman in the belly of both ships. There was uh, a fire on the Titanic through the whole thing. So he really should have been down there working and saving the ship the, for the entire time. He wasn't, one person wasn't going to be able to save the Titanic. No, but, but, but like one person to add to the multitude of other people who were doing it. <laughs> I Listen, I hear you, but also... I just know if it were me, my my self-preservation skills would definitely have kicked in at some point. And like by the time I realized that it was bad enough and I wasn't going to be able to turn it around, I'm climbing in a lifeboat. Yes, but we're like, going <laughs> to compare him to the next guy after I give you because I'm like, in a way, I'm actually kind of glad because he did give me one of the best quotes to describe the differences of the sinking of the two ships since he got to see both okay. of them in real life. Yeah, I mean, that's a unique perspective. (laughs) So he said, The Titanic went down straight like a baby goes down to sleep. The Empress of Ireland rolled over like a hog in a ditch. (laughs) I I don't even know how to respond to that. Like, I just burst into laughter when I heard that. I'm just like, that. I'm like, all I can see now is a hog rolling over in a ditch. That is the most irreverent. Like, I am. I do. I, like, that like, is just one way know. to describe a ship sinking. Uh, <laughs> like, like, if it wasn't for so many people dying on it. It would be funny. It would be it would funny be if hilarious. there wasn't like 100,000 people that died on that hog rolling in the ditch but like i oh my dude <laughs> like that's just so yeah i don't know i don't even know <laughs> okay but as i said now let's compare him to this other crew member that i would like to touch upon mm-hmm. okay my my new favorite boy thomas corrigan okay so on the empress of ireland commemoration website 
Thomas's grandson wrote in with a legend that has been passed down in his family that I would like to share because I really hope it's true. Hmm. So it's known like legends. that he perished in the sinking. Okay. But the legend in the family is that he was a first-rate swimmer. Okay. But he died saving the life of a young lad who was the na- who was a neighbor of his back in England. Okay, so the boy we like confirmed survived. So this other guy is confirmed to have survived. Okay. Um, probably I don't think he was like a, considered like a child. Um, okay. I think he's afraid. Um, like I think he was probably young, like a, like, a, like a little bit too like older. I'm not sure what they're considering as like a child, like age wise mm-hmm. at this time. But that Thomas had like definitely died in the sinking, mm-hmm. and that this other guy definitely survived. Yeah, so we know so, that right, for fact. That okay. The legend is that Thomas was like a first-rate swimmer, mm-hmm. and that he died saving the life of this other guy. Did the other guy ever? I'm like, not say sure. To support that? I'm not sure because I can't okay. find like I can't find like any other like any other mention of mentions this? and stuff to corroborate it. Like I was tried, like I've tried searching and stuff, right? Um, yeah, stuff, right? But. But that, like, it seems like it might be that, like, maybe this other guy, like, went up to the family and was like, hey, I want to thank you guys because he saved my life. Yeah, I... Right? And that that was the last time I saw him. That seems like a valid way that the family would end up with this story. Yeah. So I can't, like, any other explanation would just be, like, passed on through the generations. He was a great swimmer. There's no way that he just would have, like, he would have just drowned on his own accord, like... You know, our boy was a great swimmer. Well, he must have drowned because of something. And then, like, you know, kind of spitballing different ideas and kind of like, well, maybe it was because of this one, maybe it was because of that. Like, I could see it becoming legend over time in that sort of sense. But because it's specifically this other guy, then that makes me wonder if, like, makes me lean towards, like, okay, well, that's enough details that made me, made me feel like that is legit. Um, I will say that at the same time, it almost doesn't, entirely matter because it's a legend like it's not the kind of thing that hurts anybody and if it makes like if it gives this family peace then like i'll count it as true yeah exactly right well i'm like to me i'm like many people have said that like the ship's surgeon who barely survived himself and then immediately mm-hmm. got to work once he was safely onto the store set is like the hero of this whole tragedy yeah but I'd also like to toss, like, Thomas's name into the ring and any other, like, crew members or even passengers who may have, like, risked their lives or, and like, lost their and, lives. And, like, actually lost their lives to try to mm-hmm. save others. Yeah. Right? Because I'm like, I don't yeah. think that, like, any tragedy like this kind of tragedy has just one hero. No, exactly. Like, anything like this, like, there's, there's, there's going to be as many people, like trying like you know running purely off of survival instincts and just trying to save themselves as there are people who are like going out of their way to try everybody like to try to save everybody else right so like yeah no i I agree with that i don't like i don't want to just hear about this surgeon i want to hear about thomas i want to hear about like others right and that's not to say that the surgeon didn't do a great thing no he did a great thing right like yes he was helping like say like like he was Tending to the wounded, he was mm-hmm. tending to the dead that were pulled up onto the ship, right? But also, we want to leave space for but all let, the stories yeah. that sunk. Let's also talk about those who actually literally killed themselves to save yeah. others. 
Yeah. Like those, yeah, those people are heroes too. And I think those stories are like, I think part of the reason why they get less attention though, is that because like, you know, someone, someone could have sacrificed their life to save someone else. And that other person still may have died just because of the circumstances of the situation as well. Right. Like, so I wonder how many of those stories there were that we're just never going to know because they weren't successful, but they were still heroic attempts exactly right but like let's just like acknowledge at least that Mm -hmm. there were probably these heroic attempts happening oh for sure for sure there were like instead of just focusing on (laughs) the freaking surgeon people and also survived himself let's like yeah like totally let's honor him absolutely he probably has enough of an ego he's a surgeon in the 1940 in like the early 1900s (laughs) he's got an ego Doctors are next to gods at that point, especially. Like, uh. fair enough, fair enough. I hear you. So, if you guys also would like to honor these un- probably unsung heroes, yes, please do. Yeah. Um, check out in the show notes where I will have these lists of people and their stories. And if you would actually like to visit the Empress of Ireland herself, you actually can. Um, really? Yes. Um, you can, but (laughs) I do have a asterisk there. Um, so if you would like to visit her, please check the show notes where I do have a link to the Parks Canada historical site details. The shipwreck Mm -hmm. is diveable, but please respect the fact that it is a grave site and a historical site. Yeah, this is not a tourist destination. (laughs) Yeah. Artifacts are not to be removed without proper authorization and guidelines must be followed. Basically, do not fucking touch anything. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty much it. (laughs) Don't touch anything. So the ship is still underwater. You can scuba dive to it. I don't know if you can actually like fully scuba dive, but you it is diveable because people have okay. like there were a lot of issues of people mm. diving it because it's in the St. Lawrence River. It's not like it's um the Titanic that you, it's like you in have to fully on where... like submarine yeah. and use robots to get to. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can actually dive down to it. So there will have been a lot of issues of people before quite a while of people literally stealing shit from the ship Mm. and then finally it became a historical site so like if you actually take a boating trip out on the st lawrence river there is a buoy that tells you where it is okay cool um and so right and basically warns you this is a historical site do not fucking like fuck with it no touching <laughs> i don't know what it is about like historical sites like this where tragedies happen and people thinking that it's okay to treat it like any other tourist site like it's not like you're yeah. in maui picking up a pebble to take home with you like you're like even like people that, died here don't pick up pebbles and shit because that is just fucking with nature <laughs> yeah also like you know but you know what i mean though like when you're at the like, beach one stone don't on the beach is not shit from the beaches either but like one stone isn't gonna no, be that no do not idea. take it none no but you're not supposed to like you're literally not supposed to but the pretty tiny rocks so okay, but you're literally pebbles. not supposed to <laughs> i hear you i hear you i'm not taking pebbles <laughs> trust me with somebody who has actual education in this yeah yeah no I touchy you. i know i know unless I it actually tells you you're allowed to no touchy I had that problem with my mother in the Titanic Museum. 
Okay, for like stuff like well, yeah, actually like had like a big s- iceberg thing, and it literally had a yeah. big sign that said "Do not touch the iceberg." And my mother yeah. was like, "Oh!" And we reached out her hand. I'm like, "There's a big sign that says do not touch.'" And she's like, "But look, other people have touched it." I'm like, "Do not be the other people." <laughs> and she touched it, and I'm like, "I'm going to fucking kill you." <laughs> <laughs> I yeah no I mean like, and then there was one yeah. that said you could touch it, and I'm like, "See." This one says you may touch it in this particular exhibit. And she's like, but mm-hmm. I don't want to touch it. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, well, so look, it says you can touch it. So now I will touch it because it says I may touch this iceberg. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but yeah, I really, I don't understand like the um, mentality that people have around like these sites of massive tragedies. Like trying to visit the Titanic, for example, just for funsies is like a. Uh, <laughs> Like what? Like, yeah. It's like the um, like the Anne Frank house. Uh, oh, how Lord. they have a guest book there, and people have written like oh. petty personal notes or Isn't like it Justin Bieber who wrote something. I wasn't gonna name it? drop anyone, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm gonna name drop. I'm sorry. It's Justin Bieber. <laughs> he he was a he was a he was a dumb kid. Like <laughs> saying Anne Frank would have been a believer was like like you. It was bad but like yeah for like stuff like that like tragedies happened here let's be respectful of them i'm also thinking of like the people taking selfies outside of auschwitz and it's like that's like yeah, like that no. kind of men- it's that same kind of mentality you know for these different places yeah it's like, please do not do that these are not tourist destinations let's treat them with a little bit more respect than that please like yeah. <laughs> Come um, on. on a similar thing, but, there are also mm-hmm. monuments at various cemeteries. I believe that you can find the same kind of thing at the Parks Canada, which I highly recommend visiting to pay your respects to the victims of this tragedy if you're in Quebec. But yeah, so that's pretty much it for today's episode of What Do You Know About? So Kat, how are you feeling after learning about Canada's Titanic, which technically isn't Canada's Titanic, since the real Titanic did sink off the coast of Nova Scotia? So we can partially claim her with a good portion of her gravesite being literally in Nova Scotia. Oh my god. And yes, I am bitter about it. What of it? <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I couldn't tell that you were bitter about it at all. Um, that didn't, that didn't completely just come across it. I'm <laughs> sorry, but like, both wrecks are kind of they're, both they're, Canadian. They both, they both happen in within Canadian territory. I hear you. I get yeah. it. I do. Like, oh my god. Um, yeah. Wow. I mean, that is like, that is dark and that is heavy. And honestly, I kind of feel there were a lot of obvious wrongs with the Titanic you know what I mean? Like yeah. there were a lot of obvious red flags that were that it was very easy for people to rally around and be like, "Well, like this shouldn't ha- sh- this should never have happened because of this, 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 this." Like, and that I feel like is part of what drew people to the attention of the Titanic, and also it claimed it was unsinkable and then sank. Like, there's gonna be on her maiden voyage. Like, there's gonna be talk about it because of that kind of stuff. Like, that's very headline worth. Like, you know headline worthy like that comes across and you know i'm sure it sells papers very well um with this it's kind of just dark like yeah an accident happened sure there were probably a few things that could have made it a little bit less bad but they did all the right things and a lot of people died anyway and that is a really hard pe- thing for people to 
talk about and for people to want to acknowledge and for people to admit. So I kind of, I kind of feel like I understand why we don't talk about it as much as the Titanic. Do you know what I mean? Because there's not like, there's only so much that we could learn from this that we haven't already learned. Whereas with the Titanic, there were like big, obvious mistakes well, and a lot of hubris. And I think that, that went into it. Kelly, because I told our friend Kelly about it when she was over mm-hmm. the other day, and we were kind of talking about it as well. And we we're like, for at the time, we were looked at it and mm-hmm. went, okay, Titanic had already happened. Mm-hmm. And when we look at big tragedies, we get very quickly desensitized to things. So we already had mm-hmm. the big tragedy, so people probably were like, eh, whatever, it's another one. Less of a shock factor. Less of the shock factor. We were like, okay, yes, there were some big names on there, but mm, there weren't big American names on there. And even at that time, America was the main media driver media driver still. And, I mean, some things never change. <laughs> and we were also like, okay, timing-wise... We were close, getting. We were very close for World War One. Mm. That so there's just so much else on people's minds. There's too much time. else on people's minds that it probably just didn't get the same traction because there wasn't like, and stuff. Right, like with the Titanic, I think that there was another like massive murder happening at the same time as the Titanic. That the Titanic mm-hmm. still had the big news lines, and then the massive murder had the smaller headlines. So probably mm. there were, this had like, this was just the reverse, that there was mm. other stuff happening that had the bigger headlines and this had the smaller headlines that it just got buried. Yeah. Because this yeah, wasn't I mean, like the shocker event that was happening. Yeah. And I mean, like with this many lives lost all at once, you'd feel like it would be, but given like, yeah, like you said, well, we already had the Titanic. Happened, so, so it was like, oh, another big shipwreck. Great. Whatever. There wasn't a huge name that, like, on it. To, I don't like, even know so much, like, great whatever, but, like, like oh, another one. Like, it kind of feels the same way. This is going to get real dark for a second, but it kind of feels the same way I feel sort of now about school shootings. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, That's what I said, every I mean, now like and the then. Desensitization, right? Like, yeah, like, every now and then, like, a really, really particularly bad one will, like, take the media by storm. For 24 but, hours and then it's gone. For 24 <laughs> hours and then it's gone. And then there's, like, so many school shootings happening in the States. Like, all the time. Like, like I can't even... Like, like so many. <laughs> like, so many. I, like, it's... Uh, like, so daily, many that, like, it? you like, can't... You can't give out that kind of emotional energy for every single story. Because we just, as humans, don't have that in us. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah. Yep. Like, we only have so much energy and attention and things like that. And we're all still trying to struggle through our own daily lives as well at the same time. And, like, it's all kind of all these factors combined that, like, it's like, you, like, you get, you hear of another one and you get this dreaded, like, oh, it happened again. But then, yeah. like, there's not much else, especially as a Canadian, like, viewing it from the States. So there's nothing I can do about it. There's nothing you can do as a bystander about a shipwreck like this after it's already happened. So, like, there's this whole, like, sense of just, like, oh, it happened, it sucks, but there's really not anything I, I can practically do about this, so I'm gonna just have to move on. Pretty much. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, unfortunately, there's not really a good way to end off, but... No. I mean, this is just... 
This is really, you chose a really dark episode to come back with. <laughs> You're welcome. That's my job in life. Ashley was like, I've got a shipwreck for you. I really want to see your reaction to it. Let's use it as episode one. And I was like, all right. And it's because, like, I'm into pirate stuff. I was expecting something from, like, the 1700s of some mystery ghost ship or something. And no, no, we get Titanic part two. Like, You're welcome. <laughs> Don't worry. I've got some piratey stuff for you for the next episode. Excellent. I have creepy dolls. Let's do it. <laughs> all right. So, yeah. Thank you all for listening and coming back to visit us again. Um, we will be back soon with, as we kind of just said, with spooky season. Just so getting started. Um, so yeah, we have some amazing stories coming your way. And don't forget to go check out Leah's amazing handmade dice at Greenleaf Geek using our code WDYKA podcast in all caps to get your 10% off. Link is in the show notes. See you guys all on the weird side of history. Bye. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope that you found something new and will check out the resources in the show notes to get more information. In the meantime, I would really appreciate it if you could rate and review on your favorite podcast platform so more history nerds can find me. Don't forget to check out our Instagram page at WDYKA Podcast, as well as considering helping me out with a donation or membership on Buy Me a Coffee. The link is in the show notes and on our IG link tree. Thanks so much, and see you next time on the lesser known side of history.